0: Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode on the Creating Synergy podcast. Today, we have a really fantastic chat. To entrepreneur Ben Smith, who is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Team Gage. Team Gage is a software for business that enables team collaboration, well-being, and continuous improvement. The system measures behaviors and sentiment aligned to the strategy of an organization and drives teams and managers to action their own improvements in real time from the ground up. Ben and Team Gage are taking on the worldwide market. And it has grown to service clients across Australia, the Asia-Pacific, and North America. With over 15 years' experience in leading product design and development teams, as well as custom system implementations in ASX100 and Fortune 500 companies, Ben has cultivated superhuman abilities that include leveraging technology to solve human problems and the ability to scale up companies. He believes that the key to motivating team members is for them to own and advocate the improvement process. Just this week, Ben was selected as one of South Australia's top business people in the InDaily 40 Under 40 Awards. Ben was one of the final 40 to be selected from over 600 referrals and 200 nominations. A really, really great achievement, Ben. It was such a great chat. We spoke about a lot of topics, ranging from going into business with his wife Noelle to scaling the business across the world and the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast, and I know you will too. Enjoy. Very good. Welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, your host, and today we have Ben Schmidt, the director at Team Gauge. How are you, Ben? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Very, very good. Thank you for being here. We're very excited about having you. We uh, follow your company very closely. So uh, yeah, thanks again. Fantastic. We're going to get into We're going to just dive straight into it. Uh, I'm in love with all things entrepreneurship and I want to ask you a few questions about your background, where you came from, your journey to where you are today. You are an entrepreneur at heart. You've got two two startups uh, in yep. co 360 which offers the uni one program and team gauge which is a software that enables businesses to improve their workplace for their culture their well-being their engagement can you tell me the journey on how you came across or came to start up both businesses
1: yeah absolutely so I I think um, entrepreneurism sort of started for me earlier than that um, I I started as a sort of uh, older teenager with an eBay store and that sort of like oh, wow. was my first little yeah, entry so. into it. Um, it. And we got to the point where we had pallets being delivered to our our lounge room at home and... Uh, that was when, what you know. Were
0: you, what were you selling?
1: Oh, uh, we were selling uh, AV equipment mainly. So, okay. you know, like home theater speakers yeah. and bits and pieces. So like still that. in the tech world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love tinkering <laughs> with tech from an early age. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of like way back when. But in terms of, you know, getting into into software and um, and I, I was just interested in it generally to begin with. So I was tinkering around and trying to understand how how systems got built. Um. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of coding patterns have changed since then, but so it was a really interesting time where, you know, the internet was coming alive and, and people were actually doing things in a different way. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how I started in an interest in the technology. But, um, you know, in terms of th- that entrepreneurial part, I think I was always interested in, in creating something. Um, that, that was used by people, you know, yeah. that, that idea of uh, making something better as well. You know, yeah. a, one of my really keen drivers is, and it annoys my wife endlessly, <laughs> is that, you know, you see a problem and go, I could make this better. Yeah. Like, we can fix this. Yeah. <laughs> why,
0: yeah, why does it need to be that way?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, and sometimes she's like, look, you've just got to let this one go. You know, <laughs> We've already got two businesses. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, she's, she's right. But I think that that drive initially is, you know, is, is something that, that led to, to where we are today. So, um, you know, my, the, the uh, Code360 and, and Uni1 as a, as a product actually came out of uh, my final year at uni. Um, there was a, a, a problem that was, you know, very selfishly, I wanted to get some cheap textbooks and, um, the secondhand textbook <laughs> service had been shut down with, uh, voluntary student union fees. Oh, wow. So of course, you know, yeah. went from you must pay $200 a year to the union to you can volunteer to pay money okay. to the union. And you can imagine how many students took that offer yeah, up. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of those services, you know, just, just disappeared. And I, I, um, I approached the union and said, Hey, I think like, I'd like this to come back. And yeah. I think you could actually potentially make a bit of a commission on it to, to fund some of your services. Um, so I had to do a project anyway and I thought, well, let's let's make this something that we actually do. I don't want it to be theoretical. Yeah. So the, the project part, we sort of got out of the way with planning and then I actually went and built it. Um, so yeah, it all started as a secondhand textbook module, which we don't even offer anymore, uh, you know, different yeah. time. But yeah. um, that, that was kind of, you know, the, the first software as a service type platform and, and we built it out from there. So you have the skills to build it yourself?
0: You, yeah, you know, well, tech-
1: I, I, you know, let's say I did. I don't do a lot of hands-on uh, <laughs> development work anymore, but um, but I've got an amazing team around me that, yeah, that does yeah. that. Um, but that that was where I started. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So you've got an understanding of the basic fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, I think and and look, it, it lines up with the degree I did. I was looking at management information systems, and um, I was always interested in how those you know larger systems interacted with organizations and, and their people. Um, but at the same time, you know, Team Gauge came came a bit later but it was it was this niggling sort of idea in the back of my head and actually a lot of us in the team the same where we'd had these corporate experiences and we'd heard of people with corporate experiences having these issues at um particularly at a team level and the dynamics there you know lots of great organizations with great people that are dysfunctional for one reason or another. Uh, yes, uh, we see that
0: every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely right. And and it's so easy to fall into that trap. It you know, I, I think um, you know stats are around eighty percent of people who leave a job could have stayed through some kind of manager action. Correct. So, and I think that's particularly part of the Australian culture is people are more comfortable just going and getting a job elsewhere than mm-hmm. they are with addressing what could be a minor issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was something that was, you know, in the back of our heads for a while. And we were, we were building anyone and it got to a point where we was like, no, nah, we, we really want to do something here. And we want to start tinkering with it and, um, you know, built an early prototype, which was um, which we launched in the US, funnily enough. Oh, wow. We had a connection there and we thought, all right, well, we'll you know, we've, we've got this opportunity. Let's let's give it a go. We, we put a beta together um, after a lot of research into the industry and how people work and how teams work and all that good stuff. Um, and it was an abysmal failure. Yes. They um, they rang us, you know, a couple of weeks later, and said, "You need to take this off our computers. It's, it's terrible. Um, it's it's shutting them down." Yeah. <laughs> well, it up. was just they just it was annoying. It wasn't in their flow. It wasn't yeah. right. You know, we we had all those lessons to learn. Yeah. Um, but what a, an amazing opportunity and
0: lessons to learn. Yeah. Really, I guess to for the next part of your 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 journey.
1: Absolutely, and I think um, you know that taught us a lot. Yeah, um, we, we went back to the drawing board and relearned a lesson that I think I've learned a number of times, which is go and talk to your customer earlier. Mm -hmm. But before you've even really started building, you need to go and, you know, put put something in front of them as a prototype or, you know, now you've got great tools like Envision or or those sorts of things where you can mock things up. But, uh, you know, it's that constant, um, default behavior of an entrepreneur to just kind of build it first mm. and then go to the and customer see and see what, what happens. happens. Yeah. Um, so that was a valuable learning and we went back to the drawing board and obviously, you know, we've got the product that we have today, which uh, which is much more well received. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So the, yeah,
0: the value of R&D
1: is, uh,
0: is unprecedented, isn't it really?
1: Absolutely, and I think that comes down to the value of a bootstrap company as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not you know I don't think there's one right path for any particular or generically for companies to go down. you know lots of companies need to raise money, lots of companies do raise money and there's a lot of benef- benefit in that too. but for us bootstrapping it was always about well how are we going to grow, how are we going to get our next developer or our, you know next team member? it has to be through customers, mm. right The customer has to be willing to pay for this. Uh, so that made us really sharp on what they needed early on. Yeah, Perfect. Great.
0: So before we get into the deep dive of the Team Gauge, which I want to learn a little bit more about,
1: you started both businesses with Noel, your wife. So you Noelle know, was uh, very, uh, very patient with me with the, the first time around. Yeah. She, was, uh, she was employed when I decided to branch out and, and start uh, Code360. And she came then across, uh, I think it was a year or two in, uh, once we could kind of afford to have both of us yes. on board. So um, yeah, she, in, in many ways, that, uh, that helped us get started. Yes. Uh, and then yeah, obviously from day one with, with TeamGage, she was she was there as well. So you're a brave man going into business with your, <laughs> with your, your lifelong
0: partner, your wife, uh, beautiful Noelle. Yeah. My wife and I have often spoken about how fantastic and how much value she would add to our business. Uh, but then we laugh about it and say, there's no way that's ever going to happen because <laughs> we would absolutely kill each other. Yeah. I, I, do you uh, do you talk, is business
1: life, like you have you got children? Yes. Yeah. We've got a daughter. Yeah. Um, and yes, we do talk a lot about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, look, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's, it's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. And I think there's an adjustment period. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. You've got to then find ways to separate in other areas, like yes. have your own hobbies or, Absolutely. you know, we both played sport for a number of years and that really helped. We had our own teams and um, that we'd go off and, you know, do other things with. But um, look, it's, it's also really potentially very powerful. You know, that... Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they talk about some investors not liking, um, you know, married couples as, as founders. Uh, and to me, it's like, but who is more invested to make sure it works than a married couple? Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, business partners can come and go and you can have a falling out, but you really want to make it work if yeah. you're, uh, if you're in it together. So um, yeah. And that's been great. Like we, and I think when, when our daughter came, came around, we had how, to change old, our behavior. Old, She's six now, six now? Um, so I think that changed our behaviors a little bit. We yeah. had to kind of turn off, um, you know, after hours a bit, and and, and be a family. But uh, before that, it was you know every every meal time we'd go for a walk, whatever we were just talking about. But it was we wanted to, right? Yeah, like it was. Well, what it becomes we become
0: life. Everyone, there's this work life balance. Uh, I wouldn't say fallacy, but there's a work-life balance talk out there, and I think yeah. when you are an entrepreneur, it just becomes life. It, 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 work yeah. is part of life, and yeah, and, balance uh,
1: is different for everyone yeah. as well. I think and that's yeah. really key. You know, there's not one right or wrong answer there, um, as long as you're mindful of it.
0: Yeah. So does she love getting in the, in the office and your, your daughter? I'm talking about getting in the office and. Uh, and seeing where Mum and dad work every day and listening, yep. get involved in what they're talking about all night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She loves coming in and, and particularly here at uh, Stone & Chalk, uh, you know, love 14. It's it's a lot of fun. There's, uh, you know, a lot of things going on. There's absolutely. a 3D printer downstairs. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> all kinds of exciting stuff. All the space
0: stuff. stuff I'm obsessed with. I feel like a kid in a candy shop here as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So who's the face of the company yourself, or Noelle?
1: Um, yeah, that's, it, it really depends on, uh, on what's going on. <laughs> on, who, I think. Yeah. on who you ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not, it's funny cause we're really not people who like to be in the spotlight. In the spotlight. Uh, most of the time we, we much prefer to be going and working on strategy somewhere. So yeah. sometimes we sort of, you know, draw lots on that and it's like, yeah. it's definitely your turn this time, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's whatever we need. Yeah, whoever it is. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned that you started in the U S
0: uh, your, your first beta testing was in the U S there is uh, – I've read that you met a fellow Australian entrepreneurs, uh, Patrick Lewin, was the CEO of 99 Designs. Yep. And Gawa Smith, who's the founder of Zoom Systems. Yes. And you said they were a big inspiration to you starting Team Gage. Can you
1: talk more okay. about that, what, what that inspiration was and what you actually learned from them? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually were very lucky. Um, we went on a uh, sort of sports and tech tour of um, – in the US, in, in California. How long where, ago was that? Yeah, that's a good question now. I'm going to say 20 early teens, 20-something, 2013, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Um, and that was really, it was fantastic because Noel and I are both big basketball fans yeah. and uh, yeah and so we got to go to you know the training facilities for the Warriors and, oh. and the Lakers and got to a couple of games and it was sort of all part of this tour but the rest of it was going and seeing these companies operate and and chatting with uh, you know some of these, these big wigs there so yeah as you said we, we spoke to um, um, to Gower and, and, and Patrick and like it, it was just it was fantastic to see those companies that were sort of ahead of us down that track, yeah. you know, just understanding what we could get to, what we could achieve, what other markets were like. Um, so from that point of view, and I've, I've, we ran into to Gower um, a few years later, and a couple of other things as well. And it's just kind of great to to see their their progress and and understand, you know, how that how Australians can be heavy hitters as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Is there any particular takeaway though that you you remember thinking, oh, I want I want that for us.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I think it was more just taking the tour of their offices and understanding, you know, the, the size of the operation, how they'd grown. I yeah. think for me, like we walked into, you know, some of the rooms where there was the the development teams and they had the big status boards on the wall. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it was like at the time we were sort of, you know, in some tiny office with, with nothing. Yeah. Um, and just kind of understanding how we could grow to and how impactful we could be, you know, hearing the numbers, like, this this many millions of people are on the platform, and and yep. this many people, you know, use our, our our machines or whatever. It was it was really inspirational.
0: It's sometimes your brain puts a limit on what you actually think is achievable until Correct. you see. That's why well that people say get a mentor, get someone who's doing it, get someone who shadows someone who is already succeeding. Is because
1: it just opens your mind to a whole new universe, I guess, of opportunity. Yeah, um, which reminds me of a book, and I'm not going to remember the title, but it was something along the lines of 10xing everything you think of. Um, I I, I love that idea because it's like if you're going to go to the effort, you may as well make it bigger um, because otherwise, you know, there's no point in attacking a $10 million market because are you going to get 90% of that market? Yeah. Probably not, right? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, when, you, when you're going to go and set your mind to something, um, just go, go 10, think 10, a little 10. bit larger, yeah. Is um,
0: that the is that Grant Cardone? Is that he 10X? It it was yeah, 10X it might book. be that, yeah. We'll find out after and uh, we'll put it in the show notes, Gabs, yep. if you can get onto that you gone and have started then team gauge so you met these founders grown team gauge Well, found this some inspiration growing team gauge there's been talk of uh, some a rocky a rocky road i guess and yep. some ups and downs and and the upside downs of entrepreneurship and starting your own business can you elaborate on some of the greatest learnings that that you may have in that those early years obviously the beta stuff was
1: was was amazing but anything from from the actual growth yeah. perspective Yeah, absolutely. So I guess as a a bit of background, really what TeamGage is trying to, the the problem that we're trying to solve is that I I think, you know, engagement, particularly at at the team level, uh, but but even across the organization has been a bit abstract and top down. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's generally up to executives to push culture from the top. It ends up as a plaque on the wall that yeah. you know hr is kind of responsible for but yeah. at the team level is a bit of a nod to the wall and they they get on with their day right yeah, uh, exactly. and we've seen some pretty high profile examples of companies who say their values are one thing but then behave in another way and you know, i won't single any out but uh, you know there's Broward probably some value. some royal commissions <laughs> and whatnot that you could go to but um, you know and that really is in all of those situations the it's not that they don't have a culture, it's that their culture and their values are not what they've written down. Okay, so if if you say your your culture and your values are to look after the customer, but all of your strategies and goals are around revenue, then your behavior is actually going to be about revenue. Spot on. Um, so you know, that and that's really interesting for us. You know, I I, I always am a bit uh, cautious when I hear founders talking about their reason for starting a business is to make money, or you know, just just get get as much you know many deals as we can in the door. Agreed. It's like it's it's not the core of what you should be aiming for. It's a byproduct of a good idea, right? Um, and, and execution, because yeah. I think that's probably ninety percent of it. Yeah. Um,
0: What's the old saying? If you add value to the world, the the world will add value back to your your life. I guess isn't it? Yeah. So you, you give you you get in return for that giving
1: yeah I agree and and I think that that that's really so our driver is really about getting those people who are in positions where they're unhappy because of reasons that can be solved Mm -hmm. making their experience better and the byproducts of that are incredible in terms of performance for the organization it's it's obvious right so Mm -hmm. a really highly performing engaged team that's getting rid of barriers to performance is just going to completely outdo those teams that never talk about the big issues and don't solve their problems. Great. I always talk about it in terms of like, there's two places that you can work at. There's a place that says, that's the way it's always been. And mm-hmm. everyone just kind of, that's their answer to problems. Yep. And then there's the, the the side that says, how can we make it better? Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference, right? And that's really what we're here to solve. So for, from that perspective, it's, it's trying to get that bottom up. But going back to your question, I think that's that's not without challenges, right? So for a starters, we have to break the way organisations think about this. Mm-hmm. So you know, we still get a lot of customers who think of us as a measuring tool first and foremost, and we're like, no, no, we're an improvement tool first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. You need to measure to improve, mm-hmm. um, but that continuous improvement cycle that that gets embedded at the team level is something that. You, we've got to work really hard in the design of the product to to convey to the end users so that's probably one of our biggest challenges is is changing behaviors and doing it in an automated way because it's not scalable otherwise right we yeah. can send a consultant to every team in yeah. every customer yeah but we can't scale effectively at, at our price point to do that to so do that. um you know that's that's one of those things and it comes back to speaking to the customer quicker. And now, you know, one of the things we we really want to hone in on is measuring behaviors as Mm -hmm. well. So we don't want to make assumptions as to how they use the product. We want to measure it and make sure we understand how they use the product and then make some tweaks to, to push that in the right direction. Uh, but in, in terms of other challenges, I mean, you know, I think there's every every day is a new thing. When, especially when you're growing, you know, um, you know, systems that worked when you had three or five people don't work when you have ten. Yeah. Um, so one of my big sort of learnings and, and things I I tell to other founders now is be be really ready to have a system for a season and then break that system and never use it again and <laughs> replace it because we have this real fallacy around sunken costs, right? Yeah. And you've, you've seen this before where, you know, a, a, a big entity or a government or something it tries to put a system in place. They spend a hundred million dollars on it and it's a complete failure. And then they're presented with two options. We can spend another hundred million dollars to fix it, or we can spend $50 million on another system that would probably work better. Yeah they will nine times out of, ch- out of 10 invest the extra $100 million oh, without doubt. because of sunken costs, yeah, right? Absolutely. So no, no, no we've, we've invested in this uh, yes. now. Right? It's, it's just human behavior, isn't it, it is. really? Once it,
0: you've spent, you you validate the money that you've spent once you've spent it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, and, and part of that is also culturally of – if if you if you admit defeat you've got a failure your yeah, name, that's right. right absolutely and and that's really the anti you know pattern of, of what we want with continuous improvement i want to be able to stand up and say hey guys good news i failed last week mm-hmm. here's what i learned and here's what we're going to try next week correct um you know that that person that's put in a large project that's failed probably has battle scars and lessons that make them better at it next time absolutely but instead we go well they're tainted now we need to bring someone else in yeah. that can do it first time um, Agreed. Yeah, so so there's well, that comes of down that. to leadership. Yeah, it not absolutely understanding
0: does. that uh, you know you're not going to get everything right the first go. Yep, but it doesn't mean you can't. So there's a common, uh, I believe, there's a common misconception on what innovation actually means. You talk about values and people looking at the wall and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. People look at the values on the wall and they'll see respect and they'll see you know the same trustworthy transparency all, all the same but same five values that you, you see in every business that's just on the wall and and like you said people walk past and and don't even notice it yeah those values I believe and we believe I guess with Synergy IQ is they should just be human behaviour you should just be honest. Yeah. You should just be transparent, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we understand that they're, they're valuable. But innovation is one that often, I believe, gets confused. And without going down a rabbit hole, people believe that innovation is creating a new widget, yeah. right? creating something new and outstanding. Uh, innovation, in my eyes, can be just looking at something differently. Mm. Just tweaking what we've already got, uh, just making it better, upgrading, yeah. uh, redesigning, uh, working with what we've got and improving it. So, uh, it, yeah, this is a, innovation is definitely – and continuous improvement is is something that I believe people have a misconception about.
1: Yeah, I look, I think we – you know, as humans, the the really the only way we innovate is to build on top of what we already know. Uh, a lot of that is just connecting two concepts from different areas mm-hmm. and then turning it into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but but totally agree. And and you know, for us, I think we we would consider ourselves almost more of a process innovation rather than a technology innovation. Mm-hmm. The technology enables us to scale that process out. Um, but but it is very incremental. You know, you don't. It, it's the same with. Um, you know, people outside of of the startup industry, or even inside it, frankly, will often talk about overnight successes right Mm -hmm. and and really it's the fallacy of the 10 year overnight success (laughs) right Um, so you're often rewarded in public for the 10 years you've done in private yeah exactly it's like oh you know and and as a as an early founder I guarantee you I would have been guilty of it it's Mm -hmm. like it's gonna it's gonna happen next week right we're gonna get this (laughs) massive windfall um, because that's what happens Mm -hmm. right these startups they do these crazy things and then three weeks later they're a huge success yep Um, not understanding that there's so much iteration before that happens Mm -hmm. and so much learning and failing and, and, as you said, the innovation in, in the definition that you've given it um, to get to that outcome. Team Gage as a product, off the shelf, what are we getting? Yeah, so I look, it really comes down to, uh, as I was saying, that process innovation. So what we're trying to actually do is give the teams within an organisation a continuous improvement mindset and a tool to make sure it's embedded properly, mm-hmm. right? So at its, at its base, if you've got 10,000 employees, there's just no way, even if you send an army of HR people out to, to help, mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to top down, make them better, right? it's it's so much more effective and so much easier to have them trying to make themselves better and it also gives them more meaning in their work right if they have a bit of ownership over that improvement cycle and there's that really annoying operational thing that's in the way for example and they can actually be empowered to to fix it themselves it, it helps with engagement it helps with performance it helps with the organization as a whole and then you're, you're changing the role of, of team leaders and managers as well. They're, they become facilitators. Mm-hmm. They become coaches, right? So it's, it's we're having this problem. How can I help unblock that for you? Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, having to kind of be on top and micromanaging everything. I mean, well, let's do it this way. Let's do it that way. I talk a lot about... Um, principles versus rules mm-hmm. so you can chuck in a bunch of rules but what you end up finding is that people gamify around it yeah right so yeah. it's like and, and you get these weird and wonderful outcomes <laughs> it's like how did this happen you yep. know um whereas if you put in principles instead people understand the meaning of what you're trying to achieve yeah. and it's much harder to sort of um break, you break that. <laughs> yeah exactly
0: the one thing I'm, I'm interested in is i'm a real uh people person i love conversation i love communication face-to-face uh chat i guess which is why we have a podcast right <laughs> uh does does team gauge in, uh, encourage face-to-face conversation or is it i'm gonna write my problem on the screen on the
1: computer yeah okay that's, that? yeah that's a really good way of looking <clears throat> so, so no it's you know, we we um, I guess in terms of how the cycle works, we mm-hmm. we do gather. Um, you know that that measure phase is gathering some feedback from the teams on a range of areas, normally strategically aligned to what mm-hmm. they're trying to trying to actually do. So we don't we don't like really fluffy metrics because they're hard to improve on and hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we love actionable metrics, uh, and, and those can feed up to the sort of higher level strategy and and culture yeah. stuff. Um, but really, you know, that, that initial submission is, we, we call that the conversation starter. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, I'm going to tell you all my problems and Online, deal with yeah. it for yeah. me. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, what are the conversations that we can start as a team? So it could be, you know, that sort of start, stop, keep style methodology yes. yep. or, um, you know, what can we try those sort of posing questions? Right. So what if we did this or, uh, I'm finding this is getting in my way. Is there an alternative? What what are those sparks of conversation? So we get together and then we can see in those those metrics as a team, where do we sit? Are we are we very you know, diverse? Are we are we what's the spread on that as well? Because that's really interesting. So if you've got um, a simple example, if you're if you're looking at workload and you've got two two groups that are polar opposite, some of them are really underworked, some them are really overworked. Mm-hmm you know, it'd be really easy to look at that number and just go, oh, okay, overall we're okay because we're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but actually we have a distribution problem, yeah. right? So operationally we can problem. start talking about how do we how do we fix that? Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it, and it's then up to the teams to get together and go, okay, we, we seem to have a theme around this. Um, what are the actions that we can go and put in place? And that's where the sort of team meeting element comes mm-hmm. in. Obviously with, uh, with the pandemic, some of that's been virtual meetings, but yeah. that's, that's fine, we can do that as well. Um, but either way it's it's getting together and look even for some distributed remote teams they can still do that via another tool so collaborating in a microsoft teams or a slack or whatever but it's really about starting the conversation having a measuring point to base your opinions because that's the other thing a lot of teams just kind of look at each other put their finger in the air and go yeah i think it's that way yeah Um, but actually no we can look at something tangible and say it's this way now how can we make it you know five percent better
0: Brilliant. So what are some of those actionable items that you, you talk about? Can can you elaborate
1: on those a little more? Or yeah. is it or
0: is it different for every team?
1: It, it is very different for every team. So we we obviously have a range of metrics that we suggest, but um, we really want the the organisations and their teams to own what they're looking mm-hmm. at because I think it provides a lot more value to them. Without doubt. But you know, everything from you know, if you're in in um, manufacturing or mining and you want to look at safety, that's going to be a big deal for mm-hmm. you, right? So um, you know, are we actually are we actually following the principles around that? Are there any suggestions to improve it? Have you seen things that, that we need to fix? Um, and that that's really tangible, right? That means something because if you if you can address those issues, you're potentially saving lives, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to come back to their families. So that, that that's really important. But then, you know, the flip side of that, you've got, you know, we talk about innovation. So uh, technology companies particularly say they want to innovate, but then unless they're measuring have I actually done it in the last week or two, mm-hmm it's sort of that thing at the bottom of the list because it's generally not part of the KPI or it's, you know, we're looking at something else. But if you're looking every week, for example, and saying, well, reflecting on the last week, how much was I involved in an innovation project or something around that? And you're getting low scores. The actions that come out of that are really basic things like, well, let's allocate time for it. Let's have a measurement of it. Let's do something else. Um, But, you know, we've seen all kinds of things from, you know, workloads are really interesting one as well. Um, We've seen big changes in the perception of workload without changing the workload is a really good one where, yeah. so you just essentially you put a better system in place that makes it feel more manageable. Yeah, A lot of that thing around workload is I'm, I'm juggling a lot at once. It's and overwhelming. I, yeah, it? yeah, exactly. Um, whereas if we can, if we can calm that down by having a system in place, whatever that is.
0: Well, that's the beauty. There's a, it's visible on the screen. You can actually, it breaks it down for you.
1: Yeah. And I think that half the battle is just having something in front of you to point out and go, Oh, there's a, there's a problem that we didn't know about Absolutely. or that some of us knew about, but it wasn't spreading across. Yeah.
0: Well, it was in our heads. Now it's, now it's
1: shared with the team. Yep. And and I think for, for senior leaders, that's really valuable as well because they can look across all these teams find pockets of of teams that are doing really well and then spread their ideas, you know, across the organisation. So rather than being top down, it's kind of horizontal. And I I think that can be really powerful as well. You
0: talk about leaders and and leadership and you said culture is generally pushed from the top down. This is giving the opportunity for the the greater team to almost push up. Yep. Is it, I'm I'm really interested, is it uh, pointing the finger at some uh, less... Less effective leaders. <laughs> um,
1: look, I think it, there will be scenarios where it reveals a truth that's already been there. Yeah. Um, and I think the you know the one thing we encourage our our customers on this is you don't want to be head in the sand about this, right? If mm-hmm. you do have a particular team that's struggling, better to know it now before it blows up in twelve yeah. months and something serious happens. Um, so, it, look, it can, but some of that's also just around. The managers being equipped, yeah, right. It it, it may not be that they're a bad manager, it may just be that they don't have that experience yet, or they just needed a little tweak to change the way they think about managing the team. Um, so it's as much about supporting them as it is about you know discovering them. Brilliant, the
0: but it does come back to that Gallup statistic that you mentioned before, which is 80% of people leave as a result of poor leadership, yeah. as opposed to not liking the job or money elsewhere or whatever it might be. Yeah. What I'm really interested in is there's this uh, program, uh, team
1: gauges that help leaders improve their performance. Yeah, I, you know, in a lot of ways I think it gives them permission to work on issues that they were potentially afraid to work on beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think when when the the organization is saying go and do this process, we give you permission to do this and it's a little bit scary the first time because you're not sure what the team's going to say, mm-hmm. but if you if you can put that that hat on of being facilitator, it's not as scary then, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all of a sudden about all right help me get to the point that you want to get to 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 the place that we all want to operate at cuz generally speaking most people are really reasonable about about how they want to run right mm-hmm. it's 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 rarer than you think to have an employee that's like i expect the earth from you and and you should do it, and otherwise I'm, yeah. I'm not happy, right? And, and Although think, we've all seen. Oh, yeah, look, there's, there's an element of it. But actually the interesting thing about doing this as a group and measuring it is that you see outliers as well. Yeah, So great. all of a sudden it's like, well, it's not just the loudest voice. We can see the spread. We can see that actually there's an outlier here, but everyone else is fairly aligned on what they want to do. Yeah. Um, that can be a little bit self-correcting as well, which which is interesting. But, yeah, it, it, a lot of that is about it's it's now on us as a team to, to get this right. And I'm going to facilitate and help you with that. Um, I think that's a much stronger outcome. Oh, without doubt. So I'm, I'm new to a business and they use
0: team gauge. I walk in and what's my expectation, uh, to, to you? What's the expectation of the business considering that they're fully invested? Yep. What's the expectation of that new user that's coming into an existing team? Yep. where do they get involved? How do they understand or get up to speed? Is it yeah, is uh, so
1: like a new team leader or just a team member? Uh,
0: team, uh, just any a random worker. Any, uh, yeah, maybe?
1: okay. Well, look, if it's done right, they'll actually fall into the culture that's already there mm-hmm. around that iterative cycle. Mm-hmm. So you know, certainly as a team member, and and we have it in ourselves. We use it internally, yeah. so we we see that. You know, first week they're here. It's like, hey, we've got this meeting that's happening this Friday. Um, you're going to get an email about it. These are the things that we're looking at um you're going to see it in action mm-hmm. so um you know feel free to put in any any suggestions we really like suggestions early on too because mm-hmm. it tells us is our onboarding process good like that you yeah, only get that yeah. limited chance to get an outside perspective with someone that starts new yeah. and then they become part of the furniture yeah, yeah, after a while yeah. um so yeah but and, and and you know the number of times i without fail i mean at least in the last 10 that i can remember us hiring they all say the next week wow that that meeting was amazing never experienced it like that before and not because you know just because we're hyping the product but but because it's more about oh i can see things aren't going to balloon out of control in this team mm. we're going to address issues as they arise and we're mm. going to try and better ourselves every week uh, so really i think they just need to experience it and they'll get they'll fall into that culture if it's done right for a leader, I think, you know, there's there's some sort of obvious onboarding stuff that we, we do at our end to try and help with that. Um, but and again, hopefully, if that team has already been using it, and they've got a new team leader, the team will actually draw them into that process as well, because they're, they're used to working in that way now of, of continuous improvement. Brilliant.
0: What I love about it is the transparency. There's, uh, you know, I don't know if you've read the book Ray Dalio's Principles. Yes. where, Whether you know radi- radical transparency. Yep. There's also Kim Scott's book Radical Candor. These sort of uh, methodologies are built into the into the program, which we know absolutely works. So uh, kudos. For yeah. That. Well done. Yeah.
1: Look, I um Ray, Ray's book is a really interesting one. Is and it's not. It's not every organization that could one-to-one be rated as they're doing a presentation. I think that's like on the extreme end. By, I was quite interested yeah. by that concept. But, it, you know, they they themselves admit that it's also about hiring the people that can handle that. Absolutely. But, but I think, yeah, what we've done is kind of brought a, an element of transparency to to companies that aren't quite that extreme. Um, where people are still more comfortable, so the mm-hmm. the initial uh, submission process is anonymized, yep. um, but at a team level, we can own that improvement cycle, uh, and I think that's that's a good balance for those other companies. That yeah, aren't quite ready not everyone's there, but yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. you're talking one of the a
1: multi billion dollar company has investment. Yeah, so
0: yeah, yeah, not everyone's
1: there. Yeah, it's, it's a unique environment that they've created and and really interesting. I, I enjoyed that. It book. is. It's a great book.
0: So you've recently just. Been awarded three hundred fifty thousand dollars for research and development to expand and go overseas. So well done! Yeah, thank you very much. Can you tell us a little bit more about that process? Uh, how, how that you, that came about, and what you plan on doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we uh, that was a South Australian uh, state government initiative, um, and uh, so that was uh, an investment that's that's matched with uh, Tractor Ventures, who mm-hmm. who we've worked with. Um, who have a unique model as well, which um, you, can, you can go look up um, or we can talk about so that. So who was one. it against? Right? Tractor Ventures. Tractor Ventures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, but, but essentially that that project is for us to expand internationally, as you said. So we've got a lot of work to do in terms of our, our technical implementation, mm-hmm. scaling our infrastructure to be a little bit more decentralized, uh, you know, lots of um, data requirements for mm-hmm. specific regions and, and those sorts of good things. Uh, as well as tacking tackling the uh, differences in, in culture as well. so mm-hmm. in terms of you know languages and um, even even you know interesting things around the way different cultures approach um, hierarchies and, and improvement cycles. Mm-hmm. So you know one of the things we know is that this you know being honest about what things aren't working is difficult in some cultures because be. they they can you know connect, their response with how good of an employee they are mm-hmm. um so that's that's really interesting thing that's kind of down the track for us but i think in this first stage it's really more about yeah readying reading the product and our infrastructure and and um you know the the data sovereignty issues uh to, to be ready for those other markets so it's exciting times for us yeah. i think um you know there's, there's going to be a lot of work to be done on the the sales side as well expanding that and um and looking at some partnership opportunities that sort of thing yeah. yes
0: i was just the <laughs> yeah um U.S. Is that where you're headed? Is that is that generally the first stop, or are you planning on breaking everywhere? Breaking yeah, everywhere? look,
1: it's, it's an interesting one, and I think we're still in the throes of of betting all of that down. But actually, other markets like Singapore, for example, mm-hmm. are quite interesting to us because you know similar time zones, not as not as far distance wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still sharing a lot of the cultural elements that yep. we can bring across. You can just start there straight away. Yeah, maybe. Really. Yeah. So, so those sorts of markets are generally really Absol- interesting yeah. to us. But yeah, look, certainly the US is a is a really significant market. Um, there's some there's some uh you know turmoil, shall we say, there at the moment. But uh, we're yeah. you know keeping an eye on that. But but really, you know, it's it's going to be about where we feel we can um, leverage our existing customers. We have a lot of multinational customers now who. Mm-hmm. Who want to use us in different regions as well so that's a nice soft landing for us and i think that'll play a role and i think partnerships will be the other one where you know it's going to be a lot easier for us to scale our capabilities if we can partner with some some other region uh, in other regions yeah that's fantastic so you
0: touched on turmoil at the moment in the world of covid 19 which is is that hampering your ability with the travel restrictions everything like that is that hampering your ability to
1: take the product overseas um look I think it's 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 sort of helped and hurt at the same time I think you know initially when we were all locked down we had a really keen interest from from new customers mm-hmm. and and deals that were in our pipeline went faster. Is that um, because everything was going remote and they wanted to? Yeah, I think track, you know, yeah. they needed a way to stay connected with their yeah. teams. Um, and and obviously we were a good option for that, and and a good complement to other tools. Uh, you know, we we integrate quite well now with Microsoft Teams, for example. We've yeah, We rolled that out this year, and um, you know that that's been good for us. Uh, so in the world where in, in a world where everyone's falling down, your business is growing. Is that- well, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think initially that that response was really high, and mm-hmm. I think it, it's now just looking at the long term and what what impacts that'll have, because yeah. I think that's that's affecting every business mm-hmm. now. It's you know people are always going to look at their budgets and go, what can we afford to do? What can we afford not to do? Our argument is always, well, you can never afford not to engage your teams yes. um, because that's going to help everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so in in terms of other markets, actually, it's been good as well because. Uh, you know, teleconferencing and and, and video conferencing all that has been much more acceptable. Yeah. So it, where it was before, it was like, well, look, let's start with a meeting online, and maybe we'll we'll get over to you yeah. and have a chat. Now it's just, well, let's have a meeting online. It's yeah. easy, right? Yeah. That's, yeah <laughs> um. Yeah. So so that's all been really good, but I, I do think there is something to be said for immersing yourself in the. Region that you want to expand yeah. to, so you know. Long term, we certainly are looking forward to having those restrictions. Having started. an office startup over there, yeah, yeah, and, and just yeah, really immersing ourselves in in that culture yeah. and understanding how how they sell, how they buy, you know, uh, yeah. and how they operate. I know you're a man of data. You
0: like your data, obviously. Team Gauge is a data based, uh, collates and um, data that businesses can use. Yep. Uh, you just mentioned. Uh, Businesses can't afford not to invest in their people engagement. What are some data points, or statistics, or percentages that you've seen uh, for, as an improvement of people investing in this product, and also just the culture and of their business?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think um, you know, and again, this is going to be really specific to the use case, mm-hmm. or I mean, at least in our situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a ton of research around what. Generically, you know, engagement does for the business in terms of turnover, in terms of, um, you know, uh, selling the brand as well. That's often overlooked, but Mm -hmm. actually employees are big advocates for the brand that they work for if it's a positive in environment, Absolutely. if it's a negative one, obviously they, they're going to tell a bunch of people as well. Don't go work there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and and in a sense, essentially they become the same as disgruntled customers, yeah. right, but possibly more powerful and worse. You know, it's like I work here, never buy their well, products, never like work a, with them, right? They <laughs> like can
0: infiltrate.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, from, from yeah. a, a more yeah. um, a high level point of view, there's that, but, you know, specifics, uh, we work with a, a large multinational company at the moment. I'm not allowed to name them, unfortunately, but, they one of the things they were measuring was when, when the pandemic started was around communication and how it related to um, you know, things like trust um, and, and that sort of environment they were working in safety. Uh, and we saw a really marked, it was an amazing craft um, between communication. And so when when the lockdown happened, they upped their communication. They would, they implemented more you know, touch points with, uh, in teams across the organization, virtual town halls, um, put systems in place to improve the communication of, well, we understand that it's a bit uncertain out there, but here's what we're doing internally to make this work. Um, and so the the communication line went up. I think it was, you know, uh, five or 10 points and all of the other lines followed in trail. Oh, so wow. trust went up, yeah, um, wow. you know, the environment of safety all went up all of that was was connected yeah. to their efforts in communication so they could point to that to senior leaders and go hey you know that those programs that we put in place they've had these follow-on effects yeah. um, and I think that's that's really important but to me to me um, I don't actually like, at least when team manager's involved, I don't like looking at absolute numbers. I'm more concerned with the improvement. Yeah. So if you, if you start at a five out of a hundred, that's pretty terrible. But if you can get to a seven next week and then, you know, and you get it's up to- gradual It's improvement. it's yeah. you are You are living that improvement cycle. And that to me is, is more important than say, you know, benchmarking in the industry or anything else that is kind of nice to have as a, a tick box to say, oh, we're third, great. Yeah. But I care more that you improved from last month. It is amazing the power of
0: communication, isn't it? We work with businesses and their culture and leadership and, and their change programs every single day. We often ask, what's the low-hanging fruit? Where can we start? Where's some quick improvements that we can make? Communication, transparent communication that yep. people actually understand. There's no secrets. There's nothing. No one's hiding anything. We're, we're open and clear about where we're going, what we're doing. Yes, there might be some hurt and people are willing to hear that There's there might be some hurt and there might be some pain. Yep if it's transparent, like if it's out on the table yep. it's it's amazing that you know we see a lot of managers and leaders of the world withholding information because they don't want to upset the uh Upset their team. But yeah. uh, in fact, I think that b- does a lot more damage uh, than, than actually providing that information
1: sometimes. I, I totally agree. Like, yeah. I, I always have that image in my head of, um, you know, Michael Scott from The Office. Yeah. And he's, he's always yeah. just kind of like <laughs> sweeping yeah. things under the rug. And it's like, and, you know, within that 20 minute yeah. episode, it's blown up in his face at the end of it. And I, I actually think that's such a great analogy for, yeah. for real life. It is. You know, if you, if you try and hide it, it's just going to make it worse. Um, I actually think, think, you know, from a, from a startup and, and, and customer relationship perspective, it's the same, right? So um, I read something recently and I can't remember where it was from, but it was saying there's two ways that you can react to a customer issue. One is to try and downplay it and say it's not a big deal. And the other way is to um, make it seem like it's the end of the earth and <laughs> apologize profusely and how can we make this Right. Whichever one you pick, the customer will pick the opposite one. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it, it makes sense to actually take it seriously, make it a big deal, and everyone will just go, okay, no, no, look, this is fine. Not that it's not bad. <laughs> we we'll, can we'll get through this. Right. But as soon as you try and downplay it and be like, no, oh, this is fine. It's not really our fault. You know, no. like it's going to become worse. Yeah. There's a third option there,
0: though, I think, mean, which yeah.
1: is, uh admitting def- like yeah actually oh shit
0: sorry missed that we'll uh, we'll work on that let's yeah. get on let's get on with it so, yeah yeah oh like, look absolutely but, yeah. i think that's yeah <laughs> but no, not discounting that because i i do agree if you it is uh you often see those i guess it's the real em- empaths who are oh i'm so sorry you know and they're looking for to have that approval uh addiction i guess where they want to uh please others so it's often they get played down no no Mate, it's not that bad. Yeah, Bryce, take yeah. it easy. It's all good. So.
1: Yeah, and it, just, it just as you said, it <coughs> comes out to bring it out in the open, and then and I think you know the other thing that is in Ray Dalio's book that about um, you know the, the idea meritocracy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting concept it as is. well, particularly at a team level where you can be passionate about an idea or how things should be, but in the, at the end of the day, the best idea should win, and then we all have to kind of disagree and commit if we if we don't you know yeah. believe that's it's not our option, yeah. Um, because there's nothing worse than than not doing that and then constantly niggling after a decision's been made and undermining the rest of the team who's trying to achieve something. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to give it a go and then you have to measure it and then be willing to say after the fact, actually, it was the wrong call. Let's go do something else. Agreed. Well, that's an ego thing, isn't it? it really,
0: is. put your ego aside. What's best for the client? What's mm-hmm. best for our vision, our purpose? What are we actually trying to achieve? Yeah. What are we connected to? We're not here to make. We're not here only just to make a dollar. We're here. Do we do great things for the community? And what's the best thing for the business? So, yeah, yeah, and, and okay. so much
1: easier said than done. It, and it is. so <laughs> much not the default behavior yeah. of humans, right? You're so right. you really have to train yourself into that mindset.
0: You're working – well, I understand that you are looking into artificial intelligence. Are you already working with AI or are you uh, looking to improve, grow the AI? We're interested in AI here. We had an AI podcast last week.
1: So uh, Fantastic, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so so we do use it already, um, yeah. we, you know, certainly around our analysis of uh, comments at scale particularly. Mm-hmm. So looking at sentiment, looking at, uh, you know, key phrases that are um, themes, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, the next evolution of that for us is to start doing some predictive analytics. So I, I can't sort of uh, break the lid off of some of the stuff uh, we're yeah, working on in right. too much detail. But this is a scoop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, but really around like... <clears throat> being able to identify patterns that repeat themselves. So, you know, teams that have been in this situation before have ended up here. So, you know, cut it off early mm-hmm. or, um, you know, teams that have uh, measured this particular metric before have had success implementing these actions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of the the next evolution of that where we can start to make some predictions and really start to help out the, the teams themselves who... Who otherwise look, you know, smart people will come up with some good actions, yep. but maybe we can nudge them in the right direction yeah. as well.
0: Coerce them in there. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So you've recently been nominated for the Forty Under Forty Award. Yes, yep. Congrats! Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, tomorrow night.
1: Tomorrow night. Cross well my done. fingers.
0: <laughs> so what's that
1: mean? What, what does that? What does that do for Ben Smith and Team Gauge? Oh, look, I think um, it's. It's one of those things. It's just nice to be to be nominated, mm-hmm. for that Noel. Also, you know, just from a selfish perspective, Noel won a few years back, and she's been lauding it over me for yeah, a few years. Yeah, so, <laughs> a couple of, one, couple of cheap ones to the ribs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, no, but look, it's it's really you know nice to be to be um, uh, recognized. I think as a, as a team, right? Obviously, I'm only mm-hmm. as good as the people around yeah, me, okay. um, and, and that's really for us to be recognized as you know, in that entrepreneurial space, um, as a growing company, as someone that's, you know, making an impact, I think we, we should all share in that. Um, and look, it's shortlisted at this stage. Who knows if I'll, if I'll make it into top 40. But either way, I think, yeah, it really just speaks to an amazing team that we have around mm-hmm. us. You know, they're, they're people that are passionate about what they do. They, they really get behind our, our purpose and our vision. They want to make things better for others. That um, that are struggling in their workplaces. Mm-hmm. So all of that to me is is the goal, um, and this is just a, a really nice recognition of that.
0: Yeah, your your purpose and vision, I guess, is felt amongst others, which is why we reached out to Connect because ours is very similar in the yeah. in the sense that uh, we want people to feel valued in the workplace. Like yeah, it, it's it's so simple, and then and as a result. Businesses become more profitable and, and they grow and, and they can expand and we create jobs and we do bits for our community. So uh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, we're really on board with what you guys uh, are about. I'm going to move away slightly. I'm going to a little back into the entrepreneur stuff. What What is the hardest thing
1: about owning your own business? Um. Oh, yeah. Pick one, hey? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. what's one yeah. thing that... That you feel oh, sometimes I'm just not cut out for this shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, that's that's a fair one. I think for me personally, I've I've always been um, more of an introvert naturally. Mm-hmm. So you know, just being constantly communicating is is something more of a learned behavior for mm-hmm. me. Um, so so that can be tiring after yeah. a while, and then I just find I need to find some recharge time to go yeah. and do something by myself and um, and get back to equilibrium. Uh, You know, up until recently, I would have said cash flow was always our number one issue, Mm -hmm. right? And I hear that every peer group I go to and we talk about our wins and challenges, it's always cash flow is number one, Mm -hmm. two and three most of the time. Um, So so that whole thing of like, you know, where are we going to find that next payroll? Where is that going to come from? How are we going to grow? We need to do three things at once and we can only really do two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that constant battle growing from, you know, a couple of people up to up to say sort of 10 uh, was was really challenging. I think we're we're feeling like we're hitting our straps a little bit more now that we're a bit larger. We have yeah. specialists in areas that are doing an amazing job. Um you're not it's not the constant hustle. Yeah, it's issue. it's not having to be the jack of all trades. Yeah. And I think that's that's really helpful. And and also, you know, understanding your own limitations, I'd much rather bring in someone who's way better at whatever I'm trying to do than Agreed. me. Um, that that's been so. Well, helpful. you have a look at the two people that are sitting in the room with us right yeah, now, absolutely. and oh, there's no way you can get me to do any of that stuff. It won't work. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so so for those on the, on the mic, so Claudia is our marketing manager here, and uh, and Gabriella is ours. So yeah, yeah, and and <coughs> uh, look, it's been amazing. Our marketing effort in the last few months has just skyrocketed. Yeah, so. we've noticed. Yeah, we've yeah absolutely. Well done. Yeah, Claudia, good stuff. <laughs> so and, and look, we've done that in a few areas too, and, and I think um, you know we're we're now hiring for a chief engineer at the moment for example to, to manage the development team and you know all of that really just helps us nudge up into that next level of maturity um which is which is really important but yeah look getting the people right i think is is probably one of the biggest challenges mm. you know our hiring process now is far more sophisticated than i ever expected it would be uh-huh. you know there's there's a bunch of stages that we go through uh-huh. we do practical exercises we we focusing on on core values and you know really weighing on on reference checks and and you know every part of that sort of you know 10 stage process for us is exhausting Mm -hmm. and there's there's been a few roles where we've gone through on a really deep dive with you know five people and it takes hours and hours but we'd much much rather to get the right person at the end of it then shortcut that process, get the wrong person, and then have to fix it later. Yes. Is so much, so much harder. Yes. And that's, I think that's probably one of the
0: hardest things about business, growing yeah. your own business, is getting yeah. the people right. I yeah. think that is absolutely uh, core and fundamental to growing yeah. a long term and sustainable business. If you don't have the right people on board, then uh, yeah, then that's the hard yeah. thing.
1: Every time we buy a laptop, we roughly get the same thing, right? Yeah. But every time we hire a person, they're very individual, yeah. very different, yeah. and bring all kinds of amazing things with and them experience it, um yeah. but but that dynamic is really important and i mm-hmm. think that like we're doing um we've done strengths profiles recently mm-hmm. and and understanding how people fit together as well is is really eye-opening yeah. so it's not just this person's great but it's this person's great working with this other person mm-hmm. because they help balance each other yeah. out and come out with good outcomes
0: yeah different brain uh, brain styles and thinking styles and behavioral styles so yeah beautiful yeah. And you mentioned uh, you need some. You're an introvert. You need some time. What do you do in that
1: time? Yeah. So, um,
0: and you mentioned hobbies earlier as well. What's, yeah. What's
1: some of your hobbies. Well, funnily enough, so I've played basketball for for many years, yeah. um, which my joints are now thanking <laughs> for. Um, but although that's sort of a team sport, I still find it's a good release to yeah. you know get out there and, and and do something a bit different. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I find myself with some sort of. Uh, individual things I love going for a walk and just listening to an audio book or something yeah. just by myself um, I've gotten into uh, flight simulators recently so oh, that's really? my real nerd thing there you go um, but uh, yeah learning how to how to fly all, all yeah. the uh, fast jets and, and whatnot. Oh, really? Fun. Brilliant.
0: I've done a flight simulator I remember the first thing I wanted to do was fly uh Fly plane into my in laws house. <laughs> 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 no, we're going to cut that. Yeah. No, no, we won't cut that. But, uh, no, yeah, the good fun. The flights. They, here, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I
1: remember the first time I just or someone gave me a voucher and I ended up doing a full loop in a seven four seven and then trying to land it in the old uh, Hong <laughs> Kong airport. It's yeah. good fun. Uh, yeah.
0: Are you strict with your time? Are you, is it? Are you regimented? Your calendar to the down
1: to the minute, or are you a bit more happy just to go with the flow? Yeah, I've I've become more that way. I think as ne- as has necessitated with, with the role and and with more people. Um, I'm very much a person who doesn't like to sit still for too long. You know, I've got I've got these things to get done right, we've done this one, let's get on to the next mm-hmm. one. I'm, I've always been like that in my personal life as well. Like yep. Saturday morning, it's like I need to do these three, three things. And I was like, we can relax, this weekend. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, I want to get these three things done. Yeah. <laughs> then I can relax. Yeah, that's right. um, so from that point of view, I, yeah, I like to kind of check things off. I was always the, the kid that ate the vegetables first and then sort of ate the party yeah, at the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for whatever reason. Like, makes sense. Right, let's, let's you can wash this, it down with get, the good stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get these chores done first and then we'll get on to the good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Now it's the beer at the end and then yeah. to, to wash it down.
1: How uh, how stressful has the past 10 years been? Yeah, I think it's been it's been a roller coaster in in many ways. Um, so one of one of our mentors, uh, Terry Gold uh, here in, in in South Australia came from uh, Boulder Colorado um, it's going to be one of my next questions is do who do, do you have a mentor but yeah, who yeah elaborate on Terry that, is so. definitely definitely yeah. one of them yeah um, but he talks, uh, one of the things that, that he said that rings true to me now was when you're small enough as a startup, you have the roller coaster with ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So you've got those days where everything's awesome. You won that new contract, <laughs> or you released that new version. And then in the next day where it's like, oh, you've lost that big customer or, you know, how are we going to make payroll or yep. whatever? Yeah, um, loud and clear. And he said, <laughs> what you'll find is when you've kind of made it a little bit further down the journey, you'll have an up and down at the same time (laughs) so (laughs) all of a sudden that's kind of day life and and i've had a few of those where it's like oh no and oh yes all at the same time yeah um and so you sort of half celebrating and half getting out of fire uh those are definitely the most stressful i think Mm -hmm. um and we've definitely had them yeah Yeah. we've definitely had them and and it's really then that moment of going ah i've i've mismanaged this like what what did i do wrong here and how do we get ourselves into this position and yeah, again, obviously, all of it's just down to learning, but it has real impacts as well, particularly on on people. I don't like it when if we make a mistake that has an impact on, on people um, mm. in a negative way. That that sort of doesn't sit well with me.
0: Does your mentor keep you accountable, or do you have anyone else that keeps you accountable? Do you have a business coach? Do you? What do you? Who, who who keeps you in check other than Noel? Yep. You know Noel yeah. she, she <laughs> definitely would, but who keeps you in check outside of uh, outside of your business partner?
1: Yeah, so I've been very lucky to go through a few different programs and and have a few different great mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we've, we've engaged with people um, formally. Had uh, a great uh, coach uh, Steve McLeod from from um, Victoria who who we met through Entrepreneurs Organisation actually, mm-hmm. which was another program that we we really love. So yep. we went through their accelerator program. Um, which is a, a three-year program where you go and you do a, a learning day once a quarter and then you're in a peer group every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've followed that through. We've got, I'm in a peer group at the moment, does something very similar. Uh, and basically we just talk about all of our wins and challenges over that month. Um, and I liken it to, I think you need a good mix of, of mentors and, and sort of uh, that are a long way ahead and a short way ahead. Mm. So you know, I, I use it the an analogy of when you have a child, right, and your parents give you advice on how to rear the child, yeah. Yeah. Um, and their their advice is fine, but it's kind of thirty years yeah. down the track as well. It's, so yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, Mum, Dad, we don't actually it's do an, things it, it, this way anymore. It's an eye opening moment when you know you've outgrown your parents. So yeah, 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 and, and look, <laughs> and some of the stuff they say is actually really great, and yeah. some of it's not 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 quite right for this yeah. day and age. Yeah, right? that's right. Um, and and well, I you wouldn't like, go to them for
0: advice on social media platform, would you?
1: So, right, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so and it's and it's the same in business. So yeah. you've got people that have done it twenty years ago and have these things to say about it, and it's like, oh, cool. I'm going to pick that bit out that's really good. Yeah. This stuff that you're talking about around technology is a bit out of date or whatever. Um, but then you know, going back to that that parent analogy, you go to a mother's group or something, or, and you've got someone that's got a kid that's a couple of years older than yours. Yeah. And they give you really great stuff that's recent. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's the same business. So you find those peers that are just a year or two ahead of you and you you talk your problems out and you go, and and you know, EO was really strong on the Gestalt Protocol, you know, around don't give advice, just experience share. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have that direct experience and you just heard it secondhand, don't don't repeat it because it's not your story. Yeah. But if you if you can share advice of like, well, actually that happened to us and we did this and the outcome was this whatever again. it was yeah. um that is is hugely powerful mm. um so Absolutely. i i love to have that mix of, of mentors that are just slightly ahead and there's lots of them here on um you know lot 14 yeah that, that we can talk to uh, and then yeah those, those other mentors that, that have come in and, and are sort of the, the the wise heads in in the, in the industry as well are, are amazing
0: yeah so you think you believe it's foundational
1: to your growth? that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that was probably one of the mistakes I made really early on in trying to start businesses and, and be entrepreneurial it was just like, well, I know better and I'll just do this all mm, myself. Yeah. Same with hiring strategy as well. I remember thinking to myself, I'm only going to get graduates because then I can shape them in, you know, they're not tainted by, by these other organizations Mm -hmm. that will ruin them. Uh, And, you know, of course you've got to have a level of arrogance when you're young and and coming up, but, but honestly, like it's, it's quite the opposite now where I want to find those people that are just way better than me and get that external input. Um, Even sometimes just to validate what you're doing, it it might be the right thing, but to get that extra input is, is really good. Um, And they've just, they broaden your horizons, right? We talked yeah. about that trip earlier and, and seeing them operate yeah. in different markets. Um, they just, they just think of things that you haven't thought of. They, they open your eyes to other possibilities and, um, you know, There's uh, another book, uh, Decisive, by Chip and Dan Heath. I think they wrote mm-hmm. Made to Stick as well, which is one of my favorite all-time books. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to do one thing in marketing and you're not a marketer, yep. go and read Made to Stick that's oh, um, fantastic. Good on the
0: list. Um,
1: but uh, anyway, so going back to that sort of decision-making, yeah, there can be a fallacy where it's like this or this. yeah. Um, and it's really an interesting exercise to sit down with someone and go, this or this, but could it be this and this? Or is there a third thing that I haven't thought of mm. that nullifies that sort of binary decision? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and mentors are great at that. Absolutely. Now we are coming to a close. Uh, we've, uh, been,
0: appreciate your time. And I know you're going to shoot off. Just got some quick fire questions that I want to run through now. You haven't prepared for these at all. So, they're okay. kind of off your top, top of your head. Fantastic uh, questions. You're a big learner, I know that. You've read a lot of books. You've just mentioned um, this, what oh, lost the name? Major, Major Stick. Major oh, Stick. Decisive, yeah. Yeah, decis- yeah Major Stick. Uh, are that is that, well, my question is, what's the number one book that you've recommended to people uh, who are looking to grow
1: either themselves or their business? um yeah that that's depending on the industry uh, and what you're trying to achieve that's a bit hard but i would say probably the five dysfunctions of a team is right. just one of my favorite books yeah. of all time good,
0: good it's, mate patrick yeah it, it's just like
1: such a um a good format it's so consumable and it yeah. teaches you these great lessons all at the same time yeah. about operating in any team really yeah it's fantastic well, all these books they're written in fable form
0: and they're amazing yeah and the learnings that you can get because it is that experience thing that you can almost grab from the book exactly so if you had one superpower, what would it be? So you're
1: you're lining up in a Marvel movie and you could pick a superpower, what would it be? Um oh just surely immortality, right? Like I oh. don't oh, I'm an age, right? yeah. I want to age, right? That's the I want I want to be able to play basketball and not feel it the next yeah. day. <laughs> immortality.
0: So that's an interesting one for me. I feel like if you could live forever and take away the excitement, it of could life. do. Yeah, yeah, but I'd find out in
1: a few thousand years, right? Yeah, but there's also <laughs> the
0: fact that I want. To, oh, what's going to happen in the thousand? Yeah, years? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really curious, yeah. right? So that it's, that it's a shame that one. we're going to miss out on it. Yeah. So, well, here you go. Here's the next question to follow up what we're just talking about. If you had access to a time machine and could travel
1: anywhere, would yep. you go to the past or future? And where would you go? Oh, it's tempting to go to the past just to like prove some points, but I think um I think definitely the future is more interesting for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see like yeah, like, you know, you've got to make some guesses as to how we will well if we'll get there, but uh, how we'll get there. Um, but yeah, look, a few hundred years in the front, I'd love to see you know the Star Trek universe yeah. become a reality, yeah. or at least the sort of utopian version yeah, of that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, it'd be scary if you go you know. 500 years into the future or something and there's, there's no one there, there. Yeah. yeah that'd be yeah. <laughs> a big desert yeah exactly yeah. alright outside of
1: business goals what's one item on your bucket list ooh that's a really good question um, I actually would like to learn to fly for real Oh um, right. that's something yeah, I've always excellent. wanted to do yeah. eventually I just kind of haven't got around to it very expensive hobby as well so i'm just simulating it for now yeah absolutely (laughs) but i'd love to learn to fly yeah that might be cheaper now given (laughs) yeah who knows (laughs) given the
0: environment that we're in all right last thing that you are a dad so i'm positive you've got a dad
1: joke can you tell us dad (laughs) joke (laughs) oh gosh um i feel like i should um Nothing coming. No, nothing comes to mind. I've got,
0: I've got a nine year old, and last night, this is the, the, the death of, of me being a funny dad. Yeah. My nine year old comes to me. I've said something which I thought was bloody hilarious, and my nine year old turns to me and goes, "Dad, you're not funny anymore." Because <laughs> she's just turned nine. She goes, "Now that I'm nine, I don't yeah, think I find you funny I've anymore." Worked it out. I'm like what? <laughs> Like there's, like, there's a switch, you just yeah. turn it off. So, yeah. uh,
1: no. so, so, my daughter is at the stage where she'll try and make a joke, and yeah. at the end, she'll ask for feedback. Like, <laughs> was that funny? <laughs> was like, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, you've got a ways to go. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant.
0: Look, Ben, thank you very much. It's been amazing to chat to you and listen to your journey and learn yeah, a lot more about you and uh, how you go about your everyday business and learn more about Team Gauge. How do we find you?
1: And are you open to people get connecting with you and, and 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 also the business? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think from a business perspective, you just hit our website, teamgage.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of myself, um, I love mentoring, so I'm mm-hmm. more than happy for you know if there's other founders who have questions, yeah. um, just. Yeah, connect with me. Shoot me a message on LinkedIn or something. Sounds if good. you're a um, a recruiter or an outsourcer, that doesn't apply to you. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyone yeah. else, great, absolutely, well done. <laughs> I, get, I get a few of them a day, but yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I'm more than happy to to help people out where I can. Just experience sharing. I'm certainly not you know not at the end of the journey or a guru or anything like that. Yeah. But more than happy to to experience share. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much, and uh, we look forward to seeing what the future holds for you guys, especially uh, tackling the international market. It should be exciting.
1: Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Ben. Cheers.
0: Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump onto the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page, where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at SynergyIQ.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.